Today on The Topping Show, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki resigns, Honda is still committed to the manual transmission, Australian man is truly an American, and the U.S. is on track to add $19 trillion to the debt over 10 years. All that and much, much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Today's episode of The Topping Show is proudly sponsored by ExpressVPN and Topping Technologies. ExpressVPN helps protect your online data, and Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller and services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, I see their founder at least twice a day, I have to say, quite handsome and brilliant. For business needs assistance, you can reach us at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Going on to the business section, YouTube CEO Susan Wojcicki resigns. She was the CEO for nine years and oversaw the growth of the company, which has gotten to the point where it's now 10% of Google and Alphabet's total portfolio in regards to revenue. They invested, Google bought the company for a mere one point, I say mere, but $1.6 billion, and it's now worth $180 billion. And... Many people most know her for her censorship policies. Most of her interviews have her glorifying that they will, quote-unquote, push authoritative sources while, quote-unquote, reducing borderline content. And that's just newspeak, a nice little throwback to 1984, great novel, everyone should read it, to censorship and careers. And so if you say certain things, your videos get demonetized, and it's their right because they own the platform, but they're never really truly transparent about the whole process in many cases. One of them was when COVID first hit, they were censoring doctors for having just different opinions of the whole situation in regard to different treatment types and origins of the actual virus. And more recently, well, for many years, they've had a hidden set of firearm rules where there is a unpublished private URL. So if you search it on the web, just say, you know, Google, YouTube, gun policies, you'll go into a Google page. I'll take you a private video and it'll talk to you about at the time, their recent policies on firearms. And more recently, as recently as a couple weeks ago, they had a new initiative where they were going to start demonetizing every gun channel that just showed a gun inserting a magazine or using it in any way, basically. And one, a really great channel is called Forgotten Weapons. And that's with the YouTube star Ian McCulloch. He's a historian. He goes around the whole globe researching some of the most obscure and fascinating prototypes and firearms in history. And he preserves the data with documentation, both of the video, and then he also has a website and actually has some published books. And his whole livelihood is about to be put in jeopardy because if he took a gun, whether it was a museum or a range, and inserted a magazine, they're going to give it a strike and demonetize. And if you get three strikes, the YouTube channel is gone completely. Demonetization is bad enough because a lot of those YouTubers, that's their livelihood. They do it, a, that's their full-time career. They don't have a side gig, they're all in. And the most disgusting part of that is YouTube still runs ads and makes money on those videos as far as I, as, as far as my recent research can find. Um, so that's concerning. So she's stepping down. I doubt anything will change just because there's a big culture around the whole company, just like we're all we're seeing with Twitter. There's still censorship on Twitter, manipulation of the algorithms where certain people aren't showing up the news feeds. So, and hopefully the new leader will 
make some changes for the positive and it'd be great if they just had a youtube channel where everyone could show their videos equally there's no censorship as long as of course you're not breaking some heinous laws and people can consume the content now going on to other tech news the doj is increasing their probe into apple and in this case they're actually focusing on the policies around third-party apps um and then the apple devices and whether the operating system unfairly favors its own apple products over third-party products which of course why wouldn't it they invented the platform it's their property just like it's youtube's property it's, it's their decision i think more consumers would appreciate having a more even playing field now this one of the interesting they instances the doj is bringing to into focus is around a third party call, company called tile which you may know is seeing little square tiles about the size of maybe a half dollar that it's about square about that big diameter maybe a quarter inch thick and you have a little hole with a uh, keychain on it attach your keys and other possessions and it'll help you find your items once you lose it and the interaction is very different when you're using it on the apple products so you have the tile you install the app on your phone Every time you want to use the Tile app to find your Tile item, it will prompt you asking, you know, can we give, will you give us permission to track you? So every time you use it, it's prompting you with that disclaimer and that permission. Now contrast that with the Apple app, which I believe is called the Find My app, which is how you find your lost iPhone, iPad, i whatever. And that only asks you to do it once. So this is a situation where it's quantifiably, you could, you know, it's quantified right there. You have someone being asked to be prompted every single time or one time. And it could certainly be said that, or I would certainly argue that, you know, being prompted every single time would be annoying to consumers, frustrating, maybe confusing. And with Apple, just having one time. So it'll be interesting. Another really big case that came to fruition was the Apple versus Epic Games, which is one of the biggest game producers out there. And that was over a two-year legal process on the how Apple forces the distribution of its apps through its app store. And the article is saying how if an app, the Apple will take a 30% commission of revenue when you make over 1 million in revenue. And Apple will take a 15% commission if the revenue is less than 1 million. And that's per year, I believe. And I guess if I was an app developer, I'd be a little concerned because that's revenue and I don't believe that's profit. So there's a lot of backend logistics, development, infrastructure, security. So, and it looks like I did some research. Look at like Google, Microsoft had similar commissions, but Apple's just a little bit more, Apple's known for being more stringent on what they call vetting out apps and approving or denying apps the privilege to be on their OS in their Apple App Store. Now, going on the other automotive news, I don't want to say I was right, but <laughs> I was right. So um, Tesla said they were open their charging network to all EV vehicles by 2024. That's so that they can get the tax subsidies, the program, which is allocating $7.5 billion of tax revenue to give to charging networks around the country to try to incentivize the production of all those charging stations. And right now, I believe there's 7,500 7, Tesla supercharger locations. And Tesla is one of 16 companies that are going to be going for those subsidies and going after those projects. And their attempt is to provide another 100,000 chargers. 
Other automotive news, Ford claims that they fixed the issue which caused the pause production of the F-150 Lightning, their EV truck, and their claim, engineers are claiming that they found what's wrong and that they're going to have it fixed by next week. I checked a couple sources and they have not found any Ford representative giving a specific reason or an actual specific problem, but they, they say they found it. Good news for the purist, Honda CEO Toshiro Mibi, and apologize if I'm butchering that, and he said, quote, unquote, I'm not sure if we can replace the manual transmission, which is great news. One of those iconic cars. Well, I, yeah, I'd say iconic is the Honda Civic with the stick shift. And they fervently said they were against fake or simulated stick shift, which a lot of other companies with their EV initiatives are trying to find some mechanism, some software that they can give a sport, ex, sporty experience trying to mimic that third pedal stick shift experience. And more recently, Toyota recently patented an EV system where there would be a pseudo clutch, gear shifter, and virtual gear ratios. And that's according to the Lexus president, Koji Soto. So it'll be, it's nice to see that Honda is still committed to that. Now, the vehicle lineup is diminishing in terms of the availability of vehicles with stick shift, but you still have the Civic, the Civic SI, the Civic Type R, and then of course a premium similar vehicle, the Acura Integra. So it's nice to see that there's still there's still a company making that product for the folks out there who want that fun experience. Now going on to the culture section, Australian man, someone argue is truly American. And this is a I believe he's a wrestler promoter, and he built his own bunker in his place, pretty much decked out for doomsday or home defense, what have you. So he built a bunker in which there's a giant platform under his couch and it would pivot up and under that was staircase down into the bunker. Not only did he have firearms, body armor, unsecured ammo, which is a fancy term for, I guess, saying it's not locked, like certain states and countries, constituencies require you to have locked ammunition separate from the firearms. Um, he had, this is really impressive. He built an underground shooting range with a full decked out pulley system so that he could actually retrieve his targets and practice shooting underground. And it was perhaps a little comical how the local news in Australia was framing the situation. And in particular, there's a moment, a moment where the camera panned over as the report was or by the police officer saying, yeah, yeah, we're really worried about guns like these and getting criminals hands. And the guns they panned over to were, over under shotguns, which are most notably used in Olympic sports, clay competitions, or sporting clay competitions. It's a break action, so there are two shots, one in each barrel. You break it open, hence, you know, break act break action over under. Barrels are over and under. And his other guns were mainly bolt action. I believe he had a couple like a couple semi-auto. Another interesting comical thing is they say they had over a thousand rounds, which is I mean not that many, especially if you have 22 long rifle, it's like three boxes. Since you can buy a box of 555 or 555 rounds of 223 for under $50, at least in the United States. I had to check pricing. And his guns were destroyed because in Australia, citizens can't have guns, can't have that. And he was charged six or sorry, $3,000 in fines. And this is coming off of the COVID situation where Australia citizens were taken from their homes and put in camps. Um, but which is perhaps why they don't want citizens having guns and having that. But 
for him to do all of this, that sounds truly American. So it's nothing more American, perhaps, than defending your, yourself and your family and being prepared. And it's fascinating that you know, Australia, they had a couple of famous or prolific gun bans throughout the years that received a lot of media attention. And depending on the report you read, the crime rates increased, of course. Now, going on to the politics, great news on both sides of the aisle. They just, fantastic work. We're on track to rack up 19 more, 19 additional trillion dollars over the next 10 years. So right now, the current debt clock that we have thrust upon us by politicians is $31.46 trillion. And yeah, there's a couple nonpartisan reports. So they had, I believe, a fair number of equal number of Democrats and Republicans. And these reports are saying that U.S. economy economy is not going to grow in 2023 for a myriad of reasons. Many know inflation, which was caused by printing a lot of more money than we've ever made before, literally. And in terms of the politic breakdown, Republicans are refusing to raise the debt ceiling, which caps the amount of money the federal government can authorize to borrow to fulfill its financial obligations, unless Biden agrees to deep spending cuts, which is a little vague, whether in business or pretty much anything in life, or even if you're making a goal for self-improvement, you want to make sure it's always quantifiable. I don't know if they're trying to do a negotiation tactic, but I mean, you should just tell them, hey, we want to cut by nine trillion dollars a year what you know let's put together let's come together and put a game plan to get the country out of debt decrease the spend which unfortunately i in my lifetime i don't think it's happened regardless of who's in office and so yeah it's it's not great now other political news jim jordan who is the house Judici judiciary committee on the Republican side, he subpoenaed five big tech companies for documentation in alleged collusion to team up with the government for censorship. Subpoenas were issued to Sudar uh, Pichi of Alphabet, which is also known as Google, Tim Cook of Apple, Sadia Nadella of Microsoft, Mark Zuckerberg of Meta, which is Facebook parent, and Anna, sorry, Annie Jazzy of Amazon. And this is coming after a couple of weeks after one of the most famous interviews, Joe Rogan, the UFC. Well, I should say no introduction necessary. Everyone knows him, UFC comedian. He interviewed Mark Zuckerberg, who's founder and CEO of Facebook. And one of the big pivotal stories around the 2020 election was the Hunter Biden laptop, which alleged collusion as well as criminal acts involving his dad with other countries giving him money and him give, allegedly giving kickbacks. And there's a lot of mystery of, is this laptop real? What's going on here? And Mark Zuckerberg said he's intentionally suppressed the story on the behest of the FBI. And Zuckerberg was a little defensive. He said it wasn't as bad as Twitter, which completely nuked the story. Mark Zuckerberg said you can still share it between friends. So I guess via Facebook Messenger and other methods. But yeah, that was completely covered up. And depending on what report you read, it would have made a couple percentage points difference in the polls during the election so it potentially could have swing the election we'll never know i don't know if we'll ever really know for sure since it's always hard to say you know what how would you vote two years ago and you had to not think about the current environment and only take that one factor into account so it'll be i don't know if it's possible to truly say that and this is also coming off of elon releasing the twitter files which also famously showed twitter 
colluding with the FBI to censor not only news outlets on Twitter, but also individual citizens of the United States for their political opinions around viruses, political ideology. And so I don't know how that's good. And they actually had a their very own portal. So the FBI had a glorified portal on Twitter. So they could just log in and nuke whatever they wanted, as far as I can tell, and it is the best of my knowledge. And they also had many meetings with Twitter to make sure, and you had former FBI agents working that were hired on by Twitter. So it's all very, yeah, very concerning for a cause of free speech. I, it's one of those things where perhaps maybe call me, call myself maybe a traditional liberal in terms of, I believe every, everyone should have the ability to have free speech. And there used to be an old saying that all Americans believed in, which is, I may not believe in what you say, but I'll fight for the death for your right to say it. Which, with the United States being one of the few countries that still has free speech, I think is the paramount foundation of our society. And that's something I'll never change my mind on. Everyone should have that ability. Going on to the business blunder of the week, which perhaps is an maybe an industry blunder, but catalytic converter theft over the past 24 months, especially as the price of precious metals has increased and people are getting more desperate because the economy is getting worse and worse. There has been an exponential increase in catalytic converters with some of the components being rhodium, which is $14,000, an ounce. You have palladium, which is $2,336 an ounce and palladium or sorry, platinum, which is 1061 an ounce. And the interesting news is why this is the news today. According to KCTV5, a catalytic converter thief was run over when they were sawing it. So a driver was asleep in a fork excursion when another vehicle approached. Four thieves got out and the driver heard strange, no- strange noises when they literally heard a sawzall or something. So they slammed the vehicle in reverse. They ran over the person and they're not deceased. And that's perhaps not a prudent career decision. It's one of those things where the problem's getting worse and worse. And there's actually third-party companies. So there's a whole industry around building protective cages and plates to cover up the catalytic converter in the vehicle. And it'll be interesting to see how manufacturers maybe adapt. Some have speculated they might start putting serial numbers on them so that you could stop them off when they come to try to sell the product to a smelting plant. You get have a serial number that they have to run by but there's still a lot in the air but that definitely is not good but that's all we have for today thank you so much for tuning in don't forget to like comment subscribe stay safe fight the good fight